Welcome to the Greenbank.com podcast, produced in association with IBM. My name is Stephen Pritchard, and this month, Greenbank.com is looking at some of the innovations in the sustainability industry that stand to have the greatest impact on the economy and on our daily lives. One of those is fuel cells. The European Commission has just said that hydrogen cars could halve carbon emissions by 2050. That's an ambitious statement, but 2050 is a long way off, not least as the first production fuel cell cars are slated to hit the road next year. Nonetheless, experts are pointing to hydrogen fuel cells as a way to work towards cleaner cars and alternative power sources for other devices such as laptops and mobile phones. But there are problems with storing hydrogen, which is one reason we haven't seen many fuel cells hit the market yet. And making hydrogen in turn requires fossil fuels, unless you happen to have abundant solar, wind or hydro power at hand. The biggest hurdle of all, though, remains cost. That's the view of Jadip Rajay, analyst at California-based firm Lux Research. I think for, for applications like consumer electronics and, and you know, laptop chargers and, and such, the technology is, is pretty, pretty ready. The problem that we see being most dramatic in that area is, is the fact that consumers tend to see the power that comes from a a wall socket essentially is free electricity. Convincing a consumer to buy power, buy a fuel cell and to buy that additional cartridge is, 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 is a problem that companies are currently struggling with. Subsidy is certainly one way the cost gap is going to be overcome. But organizations using fuel cells are focusing on other benefits. One is that fuel cells can be installed in more places than conventional diesel generators that are used as backup power in computer data centers, telecom installations, and for a host of other mission-critical business applications. According to Comtech, a company that specializes in power and cooling for IT data centers, and which uses fuel cells itself for backup power generation, the fact that fuel cells make little noise and emit no atmospheric pollutants gives them an advantage, especially in built-up areas, says Comtech's Nick Ewing. We felt that the best way to put our money where our mouth is and, and demonstrate exactly what we're trying to achieve was by using a fuel cell. So we uh, worked with the main manufacturer, um, Hydronics, and subsequently APC, who who designed the, uh, the, 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 the main component. And we installed a 30 kilowatt fuel cell to be our primary power generation in the in the event of a of a mains failure within our data center. It, it's to try and um, show people what can be done with the technology that's available. We are generating our own power from from hydrogen in the event of a mains failure. Fuel cells also have the edge when it comes to weight, size and portability. They are being put into service at mobile phone transmission sites as a result of mandates from governments that demand that cell sites stay up and running for 24 hours in the event of a power failure. Achieving that with conventional lead-acid batteries is simply not practical, says Jaydeep Rajay. Post-Hurricane Katrina, um, a study concluded that there was a broad-scale failure in telecom services and, and sort of the backup power that, that cell phone towers and data centers had. And, and because of that, the FCC recently came out with a mandate increasing the backup power requirements for both uh, cell phone substations as well as, as the central facilities, um, in, in some cases uh, laying down mandates for as high as, as 24 hours. The minute you extend the, the backup power requirement to, to a scale like that, the economics of, of something like a lead-acid battery uh, relative to the fuel cell, uh, the entire profile changes dramatically, and, and the value proposition for fuel cells starts looking better and better. Portability is also prompting organizations such as the military to look at fuel cells. Lux Research says that armies are looking at fuel cells as a more portable alternative to batteries for radios and other battlefield kits. Usually applications like like military power uh, or soldier portable power, you you replace the, the batteries that... Uh, 
the soldier is currently carrying with with a fuel cell and and cartridges bringing about a reduction in up to 30% in weight but consumer goods companies too are attracted by the idea of fuel cells even if their wares may face no tougher of an environment than an executive briefcase or a teenager's backpack the idea of an almost infinite portable power supply is attractive for those who spend much of their time on the road but so far practical considerations have held back the application of fuel cells in portable electronics Airlines, for example, are unlikely to accept passengers bringing on hydrogen cartridges to top up their laptops or MP3 players, at least not yet. Instead, one of the most promising applications for fuel cells in electronics is for backup or add-on power. That's the view of Scandinavian clean tech entrepreneur Bjorn Westerholm of company MyFC. The industry and the terminal portable industry, it actually ships about 200 million products to end users every month. It's uh, quite complicated uh, to, to match in into a phone basically with fuel cells. So the pr- approach that we have taken is to uh, uh, have our own form factor in, um, uh, in chargers for, for mobile phones or for laptops and uh, show it works and, and having the ability to have uh, energy density maybe 10 times better than, than the lithium-ion uh, But Westerholm also thinks that manufacturers will develop devices with fuel cells built in, in time. We have a power gap in the industry today. A couple of years back, we we didn't have the problem of, you know, going and and doing recharge on the laptop or the uh, mobile phone that we have all the time. Today, it's a latent problem and, and power users feel it's not... Uh, meeting uh, the power ranges that we have today in, in uh, the terminals are not meeting basically the needs that we have from a day-to-day business standpoint of view. And in the future, there will be heavily problems for many users due to the fact that we need to have more energy in the devices than it actually uh, helps out to do, to do uh, in, in lithium-ion batteries today. But the area that everyone involved in clean tech is watching most closely of all is the car industry. Next year, Honda is slated to launch its FCX Clarity fuel cell car, albeit only in limited numbers and only in California. But it's part of a wider drive to prove that fuel cells are a viable power source, says Honda's environmental manager, John Kingston. Hybrid technology will deliver about a 30% reduction in CO2 emissions compared with a standard internal combustion engine. Fuel cell technology will deliver zero emission driving. So when a fuel cell vehicle powered by, in our case, a Honda fuel cell, the only emission that comes out of the exhaust is water vapour. So there's no CO2 emissions, there's no NOx, there's no particulate matter, there's nothing comes out of that exhaust apart from from water vapours. As with other applications for fuel cells, the issue of a supply chain remains a hurdle for the automotive industry. In this case, what needs to be supplied is hydrogen. Honda is developing micro-hydrogen plants for owners of the Clarity, but these, for now at least, demand a fossil fuel natural gas. There isn't a hydrogen refuelling infrastructure, or if there is, it's still at a very small scale. So one of the areas that we're looking at is home refuelling of um, of the Honda FCX Clarity. We're looking at producing um, a Honda home energy station, which is a unit about the size of a of a of a kitchen cabinet, which would sit outside outside your home. Um, it's connected to your domestic gas supply, so it's powered by by natural gas. And the natural gas will go into the home energy station. We use a steaming process to extract hydrogen from that natural gas. The hydrogen is compressed in the home energy station and allows you to refuel your fuel cell vehicle 
at home within that home energy station is a Honda fuel cell. So the hydrogen that we extract from the natural gas is also put through the fuel cell, which will produce electricity for your home. So there'll be a domestic um, electricity provided for your home. That whole process gives off heat and that heat is captured and will heat your domestic water. Other fuel cell applications are also being held back by the lack of infrastructure. Comtech relies on the delivery of hydrogen canisters to its data centre by truck, admits Nick Ewing. Whilst, whilst we say it's environmentally friendly until someone develops a, a dieselless lorry that can deliver hydrogen to us with, uh, in, uh, it's still going to be a little bit less friendly than we would expect. The, the technology itself is developing as fast as the automotive industry, I think, can develop. Hydrogen will become more available and the, the, the whole balance of power between fuel cell and, and, and diesel will start to shift slightly to create an equilibrium which will give us a better excuse for using um, hydrogen and fuel cells, I think. And the environmental benefits or potential benefits of fuel cells means that scientists and entrepreneurs continue to innovate in the field and it continues to attract investment. In fact, fuel cells attract more venture capital funds than battery technology right now and that's just one reason fuel cells are bound to be big, says Jadeep Rajay at Lux Research. If you, if you look at fuel cells in general, they've received significant venture capital investment over the last 10 years. You know, It was about $28 million in 1997 uh, to about... 205, 6 million in 2007. Essentially, the venture capital funding in fuel cells has outranked batteries. So fuel cells on the whole are are getting a lot of interest from the venture capital community and as well as sort of the public markets. But amongst fuel cells, the stationary power applications are the ones that are most consistently funded. Electronics and transportation are also growing pretty fast in terms of areas where funding is going. An investment and commercial interest will only continue to grow Rajay says. This was Stephen Pritchard reporting for greenbang.com. This podcast was produced in association with IBM.